Hello universe. I believe your zip code must be 84333. Since that's exactly how much time I have left to record in my Samsung Galaxy S4's high um, quality recording mode, I believe. Whatever. Silliness is back. In fact, I don't know what yesterday was, but there's no question that I woke up today feeling like myself again. So what was yesterday? Like, how does that happen? How did I go an entire day literally uninspired? And it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it, it, this isn't some, now that this has happened, we have to figure this out. This is a crucial indicator of my lack of sanity. Well, no, this isn't a crucial indicator of that. There are many others that are even better. But this is the sort of malaise that, well, I wonder if it's built into the system. Like you only get to go so many days of doing something before your brain says, don't do it today. Just today, take a day off. Break away in case what you're doing is something that's not good for you. So that you have a chance to check in and say, why have I been doing that every day? Because I've never kept a diary of any form, let alone a verbal audio log <clears throat> of my current thoughts and insecurities, my 10 commandments to go with my, here are things I know nothing about, which is those 10 commandments I just told you. Yeah, eight of those are on my list here too. So, yeah, I know you don't want to kill people, don't want to hurt people, and you don't want to give up on yourself. Beyond that, you know, we got a lot to work out. Um, which is part of the reason that I'm having, I'm having a weird day, because about, I don't know, five, six months ago, I was reading some commentary section about an article and, and I read a description of a guy having a dream, like a, a dream and he was having an apocalyptic dream. But the thing that he said that was I, very similar to what I experienced is how it was the, the air that was specifically uh, uncomfortable. And it's, and what I mean by that is, you know how when you walk into a sauna and the air is just like, wow. It's that kind of feeling, but it's not heat. It's not that, and it might even be, I, the closest I can come to describing it is density, which sounds stupid, but it's not steam. It's not smoke. It's not, um, it's nothing, nothing you can describe. But as soon as you experience it, even in your dream state of consciousness, clearly know where you are. I mean, it's, it is jarring. Unlike any, and I used to have dreams that I got eaten by a great white shark. I had them all the time to the point I finally conquered them. And they were the only nightmare I've ever experienced ever. I think I actually can say I've had one other nightmare because I had a girlfriend wake me up one night, tell me I was screaming in my sleep. I have no idea what I was even dreaming about. She woke me up and I was just like, oh, can we go back to bed? <laughs> I mean, so if I have nightmares by myself, it's entirely possible I do. And I never remember them because someone has woken me up to tell me that they thought I was sleeping too roughly. 
Um, but I also snore like a chainsaw, so maybe she just was new. I don't even remember who it was now. That's embarrassing. But when, uh, when this dream occurs, it's not like the shark dream because the shark dream was all, and the shark dream would come out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden I'd go from gardening with my aunt Tilly to being eaten by a shark that came out of the garden soil and it would devour me. I mean, these were tough dreams <laughs> and, uh, and, and this was, I, and this is how I really learned to lucid dream because I had lucid dreamt outside the shark dreams to the point that I learned to teach myself when I saw a shark, I was dreaming because it couldn't happen in real life. I didn't live in anywhere sharks existed. So I tricked myself into knowing this couldn't be real because of the shark. And once I did that and lucidly dreamt it the very first time, I've never dreamt of a shark again. So, um, and I can remember easing myself into my, my dog is defiantly barking at me to come out in the backyard. So I may have to cut this one early. I saw you out there, Dick, uh, dip, dip. It, it was a progressive experience to overcome the shark dreams. And it happened sometime in my mid twenties, I think was the last time I had one. Actually, I'm going to say the last time I had one was in New Hampshire. So it was in my early twenties and, um, and, and in the progression of dreams to get to the point that I could tell myself I'm dreaming when the shark was attacking, um, it was, I got to like, for instance, the dream always ended with me getting eaten and it was always in a violent, awful way. And it was always something that I woke myself up from and remembered and then immediately could let go of. Cause it was like, Oh, it was a shark dream. But in the dream, it, they were intense. And the ones that were so intense, I didn't really understand that it wasn't happening. were always in water. So it was just terrifying. And, uh, and I have no other bad dreams other than that dream. I have great dreams. I mean, dreams where I'm winning Nobel prizes or I'm talking to, to, uh, people I would like to meet. I've had passionate dreams about, uh, people in Hollywood. I mean, I just have, uh, what I'll call vibrant cinematic dream life. And I, I have frankly always enjoyed coming out of a night of festive dreams because I'll almost wake up energized from my dream state. If I'm sure a lot of people go through this, I don't talk to a lot of people, so I never know what other people experience. So I only share what I experience, but I know four more of you are listening now, which is silly, but I'll try to be more serious. Not that serious, but sort of serious. But when it comes to this apocalyptic dream, um, there, there's just a difference in how much you can take in the environment, how much you can affect your own dialogue, how much you can sequence in what feels like real time, not dream time. I mean, these are all the triggers to me that let me know I've got control of the environment and I'm dreaming, even if it feels like it's real. And, 
and it the the triggers will come over a sequence of like the clock ticks correctly um the the daylight and the time are correctly calibrating or i, I mean it, you'll you almost ease into the fact that you've slipped into a dream state of what feels like phoebe walking on my hardwood here i'll go on the carpet you slip into a a, a state of of knowing that the dream you're almost realizing that you're dreaming because the dream is too real everything is too accurate you don't have the warpy dream stuff and that's when you're like i must be dreaming then you realize you are dreaming and now you can warp it almost yourself like you've been tricked out of the the state of of reality while asleep the whole reason i'm pointing this out is because when i read that guy talking about his apocalyptic dreams he had two things that i was like oh my god that's exactly what i'm dreaming he had the he said the air had uh had there was a heaviness in the air or something but it was it was enough of a thing that i'm like yeah that that's what i mean too and that he said there was a red disc that he thought was the sun the first couple times he did it but then he thought it was the moon and now he doesn't know which one it is and that is exactly what I, I, what I think is that it feels like the sun shining, but it's nighttime. I, and again, I don't know how to describe that. That is, that is strictly the best description for how I feel because this dream isn't about taking in reality. I'm not going over to, I can't even manipulate reality. I've tried, I've tried to upset the dream to see if I can make something else happen. But all that ever happens is we end up getting told that there's nobody that can help us and we need to move on. And that's exactly what everyone and at this point, I don't even listen to the conversation. I'm trying to manipulate the environment because I know what's going to get said. So why do I tell this? Because today um, I was listening to, and I, and I accidentally got this result because I was looking for something to, uh, I was looking for anybody who had data on what, apps like TikTok and um well i'm not on instagram TikTok, or any of it so i don't know the difference between any of them but i wanted to know if there were any um, studies on shortening our attention spans by giving us shorter material to digest that's and i so i went looking for somebody to tell me if there's been any um any data to back this up with the generation who grew up with these apps if they're markedly different in their attention um, directions than people who grew up on books. I would assume that there is. I'm just curious what the differences are, if they've been measured yet, and if there's any insight into how maybe our focus on, on, on anything has shortened. But obviously my focus has never been long because I can't get to the end of a sentence and know what I started with. So I'm not trying to say that there's anything judgmental here. I'm strictly looking to find out if our minds are capable of being almost conditioned strictly by the information it's given to, to take in. And I'm, I'm feel like I can't sit through a two hour movie anymore. I don't have the patience for it. I'm, I used to do three, uh, three movie marathons. I mean, and I can't get through one. So, I know my attention span has certainly 
taken a hit and I don't know that it's not for the better. I don't know that I'm unable to sit in sedentary entertainment space for two hours when I know there's something almost literally anything better to do if I choose to go do it. So that could be the reason there. But back to the stream. So in going to look for um, attention span data, I run into uh, some UFO TikTok. And, and I thought, and he meant to put in Tic Tac, that Navy UFO. So he misspelled his title. So I end up with what is um, some um, interview of what one of the, um, the, what do you call the guy who's helping the pilot, whoever's sitting on the ship, um, collecting the radar data. Well, the guy who, who was that person for, uh, I think his name's Fravor. Um, he's, I, I've watched his Lex Friedman or listened to his Lex Friedman stuff. And I've seen his, uh, Joe Rogan interview. That's it. So that guy, his radio guy on the ship, the guy who's going, yeah, yeah, I see it over here too. Whatever that guy, uh, he, he is in this interview and the guy interviewing him, I think is, um, he's written a book called communion. I don't know his name, but that's who he is. So anyway, he talks about having this apocryphal dream too. And, uh, I, you know, when, when you're having a dream similar to what someone else describes and the dream is apocryphal, well, <laughs> I bet we all have dreams where we wake up in a situation and think, oh my God, I'm in a broken world. Everything's wrong. Right. But I don't remember having them before this dream. I really don't. I remember having all kinds of dreams, but I've never had the show up at work naked dream. I've never had a naked dream I can remember, not one. Um, I've never had a dream where I was naked unexpectedly in my dream and I shouldn't have been. But I've never had the flying dreams. I've never had, um, I've never had uh, falling dreams. I've never had die in my dream dreams except for the shark, but I never died in the shark dream. I just always watched my body get destroyed. Um, but I never once thought I was dead, which is interesting actually, because I mean, I've, I've watched arms, legs, you name it, get ripped off my body in those dreams, but never my head. Hmm. But, and I haven't had the, the, I haven't had the dream, the apocryphal dream for, well, I, I mean, sometime between Christmas and New Year's was the last time I had it. So it's been a while. And, uh, and he actually said that he quit having it. So he, and he considered it a good sign. Um, and I'm not saying I've been, can I, I'm not saying that I have been contact. I've never seen a UFO. I, I don't, I don't doubt for a second they're real but I've never experienced one. Now the phenomenon could be anything from the CIA mucking with us to extraterrestrials coming from 4.8 billion light years away to a civilization who has been on earth for millions of years that is so far advanced. They don't want to mess with the monkeys. 
they just live underground and go out and collect the energy they need from our troposphere and back down into the ground they go and hopefully no human saw them could be as a matter of fact if i was to bet on where anything is in this uh whole landscape of unknown phenomena that they're from earth they have been here forever and we're just the monkeys that are hanging out and think we're all that and everything else in a bag of chips because we have no perspective on anything we have zero longevity at least in this country my longevity goes back one generation to my parents i know very little about my grandparents i know nothing about my grandfathers never met them so um the disconnect i have might as well be lab created because if you told me i was born in a petri dish and these were the two people who were going to take care of me well i'd have about as much connective history to my lineage in that scenario as the one i feel i have right now and what's weird is i'm not very much alone there not in this country at least People who have four generations of historical context in which to draw either memory or family tradition or family history aren't very common. Other than, and then back in where we came from, but to feel grounded, like you've been st stable, you've been generationally stable for a period of time, while that may be available in other parts of the world, I don't know how many people in America have that kind of root structure to their, to their current um, placement, at least in, in our society. And so I've never felt um, unusual in that way, but I have always felt detached in that way. I don't, I, I don't know why, but I long for all the lost context that we have nothing of going back to things like the egyptians and yes i understand there are tattered remnants of what was a truly dominant awesome ascendant global civilization and i'm not just speaking of the egyptians in fact i don't think i don't know that the egyptians of 2500 years and such back i don't think that they did it i don't think they built all that stuff they couldn't have i mean could they have sure how not with the tools that were told were available to them it's not possible no one who has tried and people have has been able to even remotely show one successful implementation of that technology on granite stone to create an effect that is capable of scaling up to the pyramid. Nobody's even shown that they could build something the size of a doghouse with that kind of technology. So we, are, we aren't just one or two tombs opened away from finding the right uh, papyrus that tells us how they did it. No, no, 
In fact, the thing that now is undeniable, thanks to the evolution of our technology of measurement, is the unbelievably precise and and this isn't just the pyramid. This is the art. These are the, the sarcophagi. These are the the whatever is those twenty nine boxes down in the in in the tombs of um, of not tombs, but in the in the lower part of the uh, serapium or serapium. I'm not even sure how you say that one. All of these things show us that our story is wrong. Flat out, it's wrong. And what's disappointing about it is here it is again, feeling like I'm not able to connect to what seems like the greatness of old. No, 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 no. You just fire away, do your best, and figure everything out on your own. Now, I'm not trying to dismiss my parents' role in creating a loving um, situation. Phoebe, don't you fall for that. That's just dummy being dumb next door. Good girl. Um, I, I feel like one of his... Oh, come on, Phoebe, don't. Please, please, Phoebe. Okay. Um, I feel like one of the the biggest wounds in the historical record is the raising of Alexandria and the library it contained. And obviously the the devastation that man is capable of against himself is a horror show. But the collateral damage in all of that machismo insanity is the treasure of our creations period and i'm not saying i don't care about the souls of the victims of the travesty of war as much as i care about the loss to the human condition that it is to give up all of what was housed in something like the Library of Alexandria. But here we sit. Here us in America sit thinking what, we're exceptional? For what? What have we done? I mean, we, we took a land that basically had been untouched because of the relationship, the peoples that we so uh, gently maneuvered to other parts of the land from the land that they had told us was theirs. Oh, but you have none of these papers and signatures claiming it as such. So when we made all those things and you had none of them, well, again, scoreboard? Or, you know, a story similar to that is what you're told if you're a white dude in 1977. So then we, we had Thanksgiving, they brought corn, we brought uh, technology and, uh, and smart uh, ideas and told them, we'll start to drill for oil here and uh, you can move to Oklahoma uh, until we find out that that's got a lot of oil under it and then you can move the hell off of that too. Well, okay, you don't want to go twice, we'll just murder you. Uh, that is not to 
annoy anybody who might have some emotional connection to that horrific incident in Oklahoma. I do not mean to ever strike up the kind of conversation that will cause you stress. Cause you a chuckle, cause you to question something, cause you to spark your curiosity, cause you to run to the library to find something out. Hell yeah, let's do that. But no, no stress, no, no, no emotional turmoil. I provide enough of that on my own. I don't need to be inducing that in other folk. So, but if you're gonna burn cities to the ground. Can't we go in and take the treasure out first? And this is why I say bring on the matriarchy, because I've admitted to having to um, learn to not move the microphone around so much. Sorry if I'm doing that. To, um, to handle anger in a, in a reasonable context, because I think one of the problems with being taught to suppress your emotions is you learn to suppress things like anger that are justifiably uh, swelling. And instead of letting those emotions experience the moment in which they are just, you force them down until something um, either trivial or, or inconsequential uh, just sparks a fire. And I believe that women are a lot less prone to these types of reactions. Whereas men may look stoic and withdrawn, contemplative and uh, under control for the most part, it's when they don't that shit hits the fan. And it, it again, to me, is one of the things that I just look back and go, why did it take so long to realize I was an emotional person who was either going to be able to live in my own skin or needed to take myself out of the equation. I couldn't swallow up the, the, the nature of being emotional. It was too overwhelming. And every time I thought I had some level of control, I was weeks away from losing it. So, Never did I feel like I had made progress on controlling my emotions until I stopped letting them control me by denying them. And I'm not, um, I'm not ashamed of having the sort of emotional context in life that gives me feeling of both passion and um, and, uh, there's even an emotional sensibility to temperance, to, um, to steadiness, to calm, tranquil, balanced, not prone to emotional outlash because when emotions are required, they're there to be an asset. And, um, did you wake yourself up with that one? The, the asset that's 
mostly available to me now is to not um, not be prone to someone else's emotional extremes pulling me to their extreme because I've stayed balanced for long enough I'm not in enough emotional uh, roller coaster routines to get pulled to someone's either high or low and the highs were always great but the lows were just coming out of nowhere and and so yesterday when I have an experience of almost disconnect from my emotions I have lost my motivation I, I hate to say it but Austin Powers lost his mojo thing was so accurate I couldn't help but but think what what did I do like what did I eat something wrong am I getting sick am I because physically I just don't have it I just don't have it but it's mentally that I'm literally taking a day off I just couldn't even think through A to B on simple stuff like I was just I was uniquely incompetent in a way that I could not seem to redirect it was a day that the the most I could expect for myself is to get laundry done so I'm glad that didn't stay around for more than a day but maybe that's just a sign that I'm getting old enough to start losing my my stuff here come wipe the drool off my mac and cheese chin please I don't have I'm too tired I can't move my arm to do it myself all right so why why do you not have this connection to history well for one um, didn't know my grandfathers they were dead when I was born so that's a direct loss Two, my father was an only child so he has no family extensively beyond his mother who was um, not a part of my life to any degree other than the effect she had on my father um, but she was an alcoholic so I do have that in my family um, and I don't believe was a very kind alcoholic so I do have that in my family um, and my mom's side of the family she's three of four so it's a bigger unit but um, scattered uh, not much uh, yeah it just one of those families from the the 40s and 50s that just kind of went nationwide and um, talks you know AT&T kept us together that kind of routine so there's never been like a grandma or somebody in the neighborhood that I could just run over and say hi or any of that stuff so when I look back into history I always thought well you know out here in Denver basically we've been around for a hundred years or something the state was founded I believe in 1876 and what do you, you know what do you what do you what do you do when you're a seven-year-old we're celebrating the country's uh what bicentennial um the birth of america 1776 to 1976 the parks were full of 
festive fun. It was a neat time to be alive that year because the birthday of America was a fun uh, celebration for a seven-year-old to participate in. But that was it. We had 200 years of history. I mean, what am I going to go dig, dig up? A couple of battles and some legislation that was fought over, the civil rights movement and some advances in technology, and bam, that's America, baby. But we are exceptional. Well, I would have felt like I might have been able to determine how exceptional we were if we had some of the remnants of the civilizations to refer back to some of our other excellent moments. But I didn't have that framework. And yeah, you can read the complete history of Western civilization, but you're reading somebody's stories. And I've never actually known that until recently. Because what is history? It's a bunch of people who kicked a bunch of other people's asses telling a story about how great they were. So, if that doesn't have inherent bias in it, well then, I ain't a guy who can spot a lie. And I'm a guy who can spot a lie. As a recovering liar, it's funny how much I can see the lies, especially in the media. I mean, just... The, there is there is a veneer of protectedness that the liar develops for the very purpose of not being having enough um, physical manifestation of uh, slight variance to indicate I don't know if I can trust what he just said do you see how much is sweating when his heart rate's increasing all that shit right well I'm not saying that I can control that very well but I do know that as a liar one of the things you work on is delivery period if you're going to lie convincingly well then you better look like you're telling the goddamn truth you better be able to take a wait are you are you telling me the kind of challenge now and again and you better be able to come back with something even more convincing well then there's your key that you're dealing with a liar because people who are living in truthful accommodating of course that's the truth why did you think i would lie to you circumstances don't have that veneer ever because it's the one thing i realize i'm completely without now is that coat of armor that i used to put on basically wore 24 hours a day for the last 15 years of my life but i knew what it was to put it on until i started wearing it full time you can you can almost prep yourself for an experience that you're going into where you're going to have to save your ass through a story that's not true. You're going to do it by getting yourself into an extremely calm state, having extremely calm mental imagery to call upon, and rehearsed every possible comeback that you can think of so that none of them catch you off guard. At a very minimum. 
And these are just the things that the scheming tactician considers playing the game at the highest level. And so, yeah, I mean, all of, all of four of you who might be listening for whatever reason are all correct in your thought. Oh, I'm goddamn glad that you aren't only working at the Home Depot. Not in the goddamn NSA. Right, NSA? Oh, you could try to recruit me and I'd say, oh, I like your recruiting efforts. That makes me feel good, but I don't like your job description. Well, I, I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. So I'm going to stay at the Home Depot, but thank you. Ah, you guys should take a break. You don't care about any of the next things I'm going to say anyway. Um, and so now that only three people are listening, you, um, you can, you can, you can somewhat tell the liar by how, by how rehearsed they are for the reaction. Someone who tells the truth doesn't expect a reaction. They're just telling the truth. Your reaction is your reaction. They aren't trying to craft it. But that's exactly what the liar is trying to do. They want your reaction to be, Oh, yeah, well, I trust you, bro. You sound like you're telling me straight up stuff. And then forget about it. The truth teller doesn't give a shit. It's like, uh, okay, well, you want to think that. Think whatever you want. React however you want. What am I going to do about it? This is what happened. There's the truth. Sit on it. Or stand on it. Or one foot hop across the room on it. But that's the truth. Do what you will. Unless do what you will is, oh, well, if you're saying I can just eradicate that, tell a version of something completely different, and then call that history. Is that what you meant by do what I will with the truth? Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, I see why you went that way. I didn't really tell you you couldn't. No, you didn't. Matter of fact, so interested in telling you deceitful information that we passed the law to make it legal. Yay, America! Is that what makes us exceptional? Is that it? It's got to be right. Does anybody else have that law? Where they literally pass legislation legalizing the propaganda distribution of false information to their own people come on everybody made that legal didn't they 2015 or something oh it's all my fault what a stupid world to live in where we literally want legal protection for the lies we distribute to each other do you understand how badly that is fucking up the human experience just that alone Why do you want to lie to me so much? Why can't I know the truth about the ancient past? Why are you scrubbing the internet of anything factually relevant to so many things that you don't like the facts? What do you think you're going to do? Are you going to outsmart history? You're going to outsmart collective reality as we know it 
I don't know why I do what I do, but I know why I lied. Because I always felt like somehow, if I could stave off your ultimate disappointment in me, well, maybe I could earn enough favor that the disappointment wouldn't be a complete abandonment forever. And obviously, in retrospect, I understand that each time I had any of that kind of thinking, that I had to be better than I could be, I was leaving myself gaps in which, ultimately, I was going to be a letdown. And for everyone, I don't care how reasonable and accepting and understanding a person you were, there's only so much chicanery you can take. So, I ask you, chicaneers, chicaneers, chicaneria, I don't want to say the word chicano because that is a slur and a word that has no place in my lexicon. So, chicanery might have to go because it's a little too close and I do tend to slur my words and I don't want to be mistaken as somebody who would say something derogatory about somebody based on race or geolocation because that is silliness. Just as silly as me thinking I'm an American. How dumb is that? Wait a second, bro. Now you're not patriotic? Um, well, do I get to choose? Can I be Cuban? Can I be Zimbabwean? Can I be Moroccan? Oh, no, 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 no. You get to be this because you were born here. Well, what is this? Not human? What am I? Am I a special human? Oh, I'm an exceptional one. Oh, well then, yeah, of course I'll be an American. Oh, well, I mean, manifest destiny or something like that, right? <clears throat> Shake it if you make it. Or what is it? Make it if you, well, no, fake it. What do we do around here? We're faking it or are we making it? I can't even remember anymore. But God had a plan for me, right? Right? I mean, this, this big thing that makes it all work in a mysterious way said buddy you're not meant to be zimbabwean you're meant to be denver colorado american let it be so make it so number one. Oh, so those people over there without the clean drinking water the ones with yeah i think they got flies mostly to eat or something they deserved it oh okay that makes me feel better i thought for a second that ah maybe i was getting something i didn't deserve but no they deserve that yeah i'm sure they do i'm sure they do because they were stupid they didn't think far enough ahead to be born an american like i did Exactly, Kitty. So, you can call me not patriotic, but I'm going to call you reductive. It's the human race. It always has been. And if we're going anywhere in the future, well, that's what it's going to be. So, I'm a little too fired up to be going on about this stuff and irritating anybody 
listening. I can recognize when I'm getting testy. So rather than leaving you with a bad taste in your mouth, I'll just remind you that you come here to fulfill the unique experience that it is doing what you are meant to do. I can draw lines all over the globe and nothing about that purpose will change one iota. So, if you think you came here to embrace your patriotic American identity, well, I think you got some more looking to do on the inside because <clears throat> you got bigger callings and bigger purposes than nationalism. Of that, I promise.